been a day <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so <laughs> going yeah starting from the beginning really so you're a lead designer what what the hell is a lead designer like what what does a designer do ah, um designers uh can be kind of like 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 a uh, like a tool shed we can fulfill many roles that we need to it really it really depends on what the job asks of us like i've had jobs where like my previous company where it was we was doing like a very narrative story driven game so there my job was to put all of the characters in the scene line up all the audio make sure the sequences were there make sure like the cameras panned in like dramatic effect make sure like all the like it was like basically it was un- it was like until dawn it was the man of Medan game so you had like a load of inspects so like make sure they're all placed and you can pick them up and then move properly so that's like one side of being a designer where i didn't really design much i did a lot of implementation work Wait, so you, worked and, um, on, you worked on man of Medan? yeah i worked on man of Medan. um <laughs> why <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's a sick game i, I mean oh. what's it like working on something terrifying uh terif- well it was it was more terrifying previously because there was a lot more gore in it but um when you like when you look when they're looking for a publisher they you know hey look here's this like prototype this sort of um what do they call it like proof concept vertical slice of the game and you go and you present it to a load of companies and then depending on if the company likes it then they'll go cool yeah we'll publish you uh we'll set up a whole thing and we got published by bandai namco so a lot of the gore had to be ripped out because they're more of a friendly, friendly company and they wanted to, like, make it more broad and marketable instead of, like, right, only 18s and above. Um, so it was a lot It was a lot more scary. But at the same time, it's kind of like I put all the jump scares in. Not all of them, but I put all the ones in my levels in. So I, <laughs> I kind of know what to expect. And I play in unlit mode with no music on, so I don't get scared. <laughs> That's that's cheeky as fuck. What? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sat there like. So, do you only did you only end up doing like testing your stuff? Like, did you ever do like a full playthrough of everyone else's? Yes, yeah. like we, uh, my team or team three as we was known, um, we we owned we owned a bunch of levels. I think there was like eight eight levels, um, and we was the first first proper team to get them the, the like chaining up and running for for quite some time everyone was just working in solitude in their own levels but no one had tried to sort of start at chapter one and go all the way through um and it got to this point where bandai wanted an update on the multi, on the like chaining and the multiplayer side of it so they had to like ask our team to to go through so we we had to play a lot of a lot spend a lot of time sort of making sure the chaining was working and testing other people like or other people's in our team's work and we used to have like little sinks where we'd sit down and we'd all like one person have the controller we'd all play and then we'd note down things that we like i think this camera lingered too long here i think this happened i think this was this even though like, i'm not like we're not directors i'm not a cine- cinematographer i was like a <laughs> fresh out of uni designer who was told to put a camera in who was just kind of going off of what movies i'd watched that's so um, cool that's awesome eh. because I remember I played that and it genuinely scared the crap out of me. I literally I didn't even make it 
like most of the way. I think <laughs> I made it to the bit where the scary woman comes out. Oh, is in is in the um oh was the, the one like, that's like a pinup pinup girl. Yes, the pinup girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um so spoilers, but that I believe is actually Julia. Um, you're hallucinating the entire time, but it's actually Julia coming off, coming with you. She's Ooh. trying to, she's trying to like stop you. Um, I don't know what ending you got there, but yeah, yeah, it's Julia and Conrad was hallucinating. Jeez, <laughs> I have to go back and play because like um, my tolerance for horror games is a lot better than it was when I I went and played that. I yeah, played yeah, Dead yeah. Space. I've been playing like Callisto Protocol and stuff Ooh. and. Yeah, I really enjoy it now. I've kind of, I've grown up, mate. I've grown up. There you go. But like, yeah, I'm, that's, I, I want to get Kalisto. That's awesome because, like, yeah, I, I mean, that's a small industry. Like, just hearing that you've worked on that. I, so, like, I have this like funny story where, like, when uh, like me and my partner first got together, um, she likes Jacksepticeye, and I was like, oh, he played one of my games. Um, so we booted up like his YouTube video and he was on the boat and the first thing he expected, he like inspected, there was like this little UI prompt that would come in from the right. And it just kind of, if the text wasn't readable, um, this UI prompt would just have it all clearly written so you could read it. And it was also localized so you could read it a lot better. Um, but on the English version, the person who wrote all of them was me. So he instantly <laughs> sees about seven mis- spelling mistakes because I'm dyslexic and starts ripping into them. Oh. And she's like, as if that went out, who did them to me? And I was like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. This was before <laughs> Grammarly <laughs> exists. Like, don't worry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I need to, I need to play that series. Cause like, I really did enjoy what I did. Um, and there's a few more out now, isn't there? There's like, a... yeah. Man of a Dan, Little Hope. Um, uh, yeah, the one in the desert with the... Uh, I can't spoil it. Yeah, the one in the yeah, desert. Yeah, no, 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 don't, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> I'm I want to say it's called House of Ashes. Yeah, 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 that sounds right. Yeah, House of Ashes, yeah. I don't know what the fourth one was called. But they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the, 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 the it was a nice way to jump into the industry and I met a hell of a lot of people there who, um, who I, like, I love and, like, have... I follow like there's a guy called like Jack Chapman or Matt, um, Matt uh, and like Adam. They're all they're all great people. I, I I sort of follow what they do closely in there. Yeah, so oh. I met a lot of good people. How long were you there? Uh, I was there for one full year until I uh, I joined Cloud. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time to meet people though, and and. Like I'm still I'm still mates with like some of my colleagues from UB and like they they reach out now and again and it's it's awesome because like later on when everyone goes to different studios you get to see like what they're working on and then you yeah. go around and you're like oh I know someone working on this I know someone working on this um it's awesome like I spoke to one of my mates recently he's um he's working on the new payday game I think he's a weapon Ooh. artist there so I was like, I messaged him. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you ended up there. Like, oh, I love Payday so much. It's such a cool yeah, game. Yeah, and, mate, uh, yeah. We all love it. Like, I'm, I'm crazy for Payday. I think I've got like 700 hours in oh Payday Oh my too. God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, played the de- um, I played it to death, like probably the first six months it came out. And then I stopped yeah. playing for ages. And then when I went back, it was just, there was so much DLC. I was just like overwhelmed. So by... intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. So, I'm gonna be. Um, I hopefully could get in this one. So we'll, have, you know, we'll have to play together at some point. 
Definitely. I've pre-ordered it. I'm, I'm that kind of person. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm... only it's only like 30 quid or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's really so cheap. It. It's really cheap. It's good, though. I'm hyped. It's amazing, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was a slight tangent, but <laughs> you go back. No, no, no. It's, it's great. Yeah. Um, but going back to, like, design, right? So, obviously, designer feels, can fill many different roles, many yeah. different kind of... So obviously on Man and Madan you were you were doing like object placement and stuff and, and yeah. cameras and stuff. Um how has your kind of role evolved now that you're working on Star Citizen? Um It's fun because it's like we're in a state of like pre production, alpha and beta and gold all at once. <laughs> so we go through very quick cycles of hey, like we, we need this mission or like this this system and it's kind of right i i have to sort of design it pitch the design iterate on the feedback implement it test it iterate and then push it out um and then obviously players get their hands on it and rip it to shit or not and then i go back and iterate more on it so it kind of it's more fun because instead of waiting three years to release a game I'm getting that sort of dopamine hit of releasing something and feeling good about it every, you know, three to six months. And I also then get to rework on my work. Like, I I worked for like seven months on Siege of Horizon, um, which is the big event I built. Super hyped about it. Like, I I stayed up, like, of my own choice because I was really wanting to get out and make it really good. I stayed up late. I worked so much overtime, um, even against what, like, Luke had said. You know, he's like, you need to go to bed. And I'm like, it, the more time I spend on it, the better it's going to be. Um, and then when that went out and players really liked it and I got feedback from it, it, it like, I feel like it improves me as a designer. But that's 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 just be building stuff. Like, now I've gone into that whole leadership aspect I'm I now I'm learning even more stuff because I've got a little team that I have to nurture and sort of look after, which is a a whole different ball game ball game of stuff that I'm really not used to. Um, would you Would you say but, your roles changed a bit now that you're a lead now? Like, do you feel like you're yeah less hands on, more kind of that guiding hand now? Yeah, pretty much. It's I still have like I still build stuff, but it's normally smaller things like. Um, like I, you know, uh, Lars on my team, he'll be building Korea and uh, Yorit will be working on like the barge heist event that we announced. And then like Max will be working on his new retrieve consignment and they all come to me and like, they are asking like theory questions on how we could achieve something within our game. And I need to know the tool set um, and need to know, oh, this is how you do it. And while I'm, I'm helping them there and they're also coming to me with design questions, like, what do you think if the player does this, how should we handle that? Or do you like this idea I've got? And while we're talking about that, at the same time, I've got little bits of my work, which aren't major for release, but they're important, like like doing a cargo manifest rework. So I still get to get my hands dirty, but it's like less. Like it used to be before I would just be fully concentrating on building content. Like that was day in, day out. That's all I did was I like this release, Elliot, you're working on infiltrating Defender. I'd wake up and I'd, I'd start building modules and then I'd test and I'd iterate and I'd build and then I'd design and so off and so forth. But I was in my own bubble. Like, I, that was the only thing I needed to worry about. 
And now I've like, as I went up, it started getting to the point where I need to care about that like little bit in my bubble. But now I need to also care about some like big picture stuff. I need to care about all of their work, what they're doing, how far it's getting along. I need to know like risks. I need to know issues. I need to know how it works for if someone uh, asks me because I need to know the high level. If they're off, I need to... If they're off and something breaks, I need to be able to go into their logic and help and fix stuff at, like up while they're off. Um, and then even further outside that, I need to also future plan, which is the future of my content. There's also then like the future of the director requests that come to us like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And I have to look into it and help them. And then I have other teams reach out to me um, uh, which I know you've experienced where you, they're like, Hey, how can I do this? And then you're having to help them and teach them. So it kind of, <laughs> it gets less intense on building missions because I'm no longer on the big things, but it's the void that that, that normally would have created is now filled with just a ton of other stuff. Yeah. Lots of organization and meetings and, and yeah, yeah. The big picture stuff's it's quite scheduling scary. all of it. Yeah. It's yeah. uh it is intense. Um, so how, yeah. how long have you been a lead for now? <laughs> oh, oh my God. I, you know what? I'd have to go on my LinkedIn for that. I have no clue. Uh, I'm going to say like, maybe like officially the, the, the term like lead, probably like four, four months maybe. Um, but obviously, you know, it's like you trial at the job before you actually get it. So I think I was trialing at the job for quite some time before I actually got it. I kind of couldn't I think it was like maybe like six months trialing at it where I was like still my I was still just a principal uh systems designer yeah uh, but I had like in fact I was trialing to be a lead while building Siege of Orison um <laughs> so it was like within that process of doing all that I had quite quite a bit to to get on with test pass mate <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, that's one a... thing that's gonna guarantee it, isn't it? Like building the yeah. biggest vision event the game's ever seen. Oh, yeah. It how, was how, good, it's fun. How, now you've been in the role for a little bit, like how do you feel about it? Do you do you still get like imposter syndrome, that kind of thing? Thousand percent. hundred percent imposter syndrome because there's like there's people who are in my team, like for example, Lars, who I consider like very experienced. You know, he's been in the industry longer than me uh he uh he's older than me um he just had his birthday so happy birthday lads um happy birthday, <laughs> there you go he's older than me uh, but it's it's just really weird because even though like he caught he calls me boss um and so does some other people <laughs> in the team like uh, james tyler on my team calls me boss man and it's really like i don't know how to look how to feel about it because it's like right i'm like I'm, I'm, tw- I'm 26. It's a bit weird. Like I'm just, I'm just the guy. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just, just a normal man. Yeah, that, when you when you hear like those terms thrown around, you usually picture like someone like late 40s, 50s. Who's, like, exactly. No, no word of a lie. I picture my dad. Like that is what I picture. <laughs> like someone says boss, and instantly I'm like thinking like, but I'm not my dad. I'm just like I sit at home and play video games all day. <laughs> yeah, though it's. Oh, it's mad to think. I didn't even think of that side of it, to be honest. Like that that's pretty that would be pretty jarring. I'm just trying to think like it it's because like when you're when you're working at a place like CIG as well, everyone in your team kind of becomes like your best mates. 
And yeah, yeah, suddenly exactly. that when suddenly those like kind of <laughs> they start calling you boss, it becomes really weird. It's like, hang on. We're mates. We were just we were just chatting shit a minute ago, and now you're calling me that. Like exactly. I'm I, like I, I feel like I'm Michael from the Office, from the like US <laughs> Office, because it's like that weird mix between being a boss and also a mate. Um, yeah, like it's weird. Like one of the guys on my team, Max. I've, I was friends with him for a while before he even joined our team back when he was still QA, and we 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 did F1 nights. Like he'd come around, he'd watch F1 at my house all the time. Or I like you know maybe I'd go to his, um, and yeah. now I do his appraisals and stuff, and it's just like this is really weird. <laughs> just chucking a quick mid-year review on race weekend. Uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. Based on what team he supports. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, enjoying the Red Bull dominance, are you, mate? Like <laughs> in the bin. Um, I didn't know you like F one. Yeah, yeah, man. I, um, I one of my uh friends he's a developer as well he works at rockstar he's called connor allenby a very close friend known him for years like i have pictures of him with with nurture in nursery we grew up together we played games together and we both just went into this career path together um he was like yeah watch drive to survive and that's how i got into Mate, it is me that too. Drive to survive. <laughs> oh here we go literally, literally. We um we do like um every single week when there's a race weekend on we we do a race on formula one as well so you should come join us oh what on the on the actual game yeah so we, we're on f123 now but um mm. yeah every every single race week um we're even doing it during the summer break we do the um races that aren't on the calendar so we've got like portomeo and stuff but yeah every every thursday night from 8 p.m till whenever we finish we do a full kind of race well it's like 50 percent, i think do you, so, do you have like a full like uh do you have the the wheel and the pedals yeah a bunch of us have the wheel yeah. and pedals like yeah, um, some of us don't. Um, some of us do assist. Some of us don't. But yeah, you should come join us, dude. I didn't. Yeah, I had no idea. Fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I. You know what? I don't actually have any of my. Uh, actually, no. I do. I've got a Lando Norris helmet on my uh, desk. Not like a big, like one to one one. Like a, you know, a, a small one. I don't leave my my desk, mate. Like if <laughs> your if your desk isn't on the way to the the coffee area, like no, no, <laughs> I haven't I'm, been I'm... there. I'm behind you. I'm like next to sta- next to the Stanton office. Yeah, I think um, I went over to Luke once. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I remember seeing you pottering over. <laughs> but yeah, oh, that's crazy, dude. Um, yeah, it's good. I forgot. I completely forgot where we were going before that. <laughs> I heard F one, and I was completely derailed. Um, yeah, it was and being a lead. So, um, is there any situations where that's like, did, have you had any situations where it's kind of been a bit kind of sketch with, like, your teammates? Like, I don't know, like, obviously being friends and stuff and then being a boss, like, you had to tell any of them off for, <laughs> for not coming. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, kind of a... I like, I, I joke, like, jokingly, um, like, ba- like, sometimes, like, Max, me and Max will play a game of pool. And then, like, I, like I'm terrible at pool and Max is, like, <laughs> He's amazing at it. So, like, and it's it's probably getting boring at this point, but every time he wins, I'm like, yep, you're fired. Like, yeah, I'll do that. But I've not, luckily enough, I've not had any real, like, situations that I think have yet, like, affected my friendship with them from, from my side. They might all hate me. That's, that's I've got no they, clue. That's what you think. <laughs> He's exactly. actually taken up personally every time. I tell you what, my, my producer probably hates me. The amount <laughs> I wind him up so much constantly throughout the day. 
We um, I have the same sort of thing on my team, but um, because the props team is kind of like divided into like different different teams now, um, occasionally I'll get bugs through, and basically I just I tell Stefano where to send the bugs. Um, yeah. And I occasionally I'll, I'll bully Carl, even though he's on a different team. I'll just send like like the other day we we had like a bunch of Jiras come through, um, and Carl's like notorious for like just sending Jiras back for no reason. <laughs> like he'll just refuse, like straight out refuse to do them, and he would go, "Oh, blanket statement, I'm too busy." So yeah, I, I have the ability. To, I turn around to Stefano, and he basically does whatever I tell him because like I'm sort of the authority on that. So I just turn around and I'm like, "Right, those twenty two Jiras." Send them all to Carl, please. <laughs> and I went and commented on every single Jira, and I tagged it one for Carl, one for Carl, one for Carl. Just sat and watched as Carl gets like twenty-two emails to his inbox with like oh all these God. Jiras and watch him freak out. It's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> See that that's 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 the bit where yeah, like I think everyone like looks in and constantly thinks this like industry is constantly serious and while we do have our serious moments we also just like to joke about like i we we all have like that like i remember when on our team our programmer dave he had his child and when we made when he had his child we made a jira task that was like raise uh like the child to maturity and we estimated it for like what was it, 18 years and i'm pretty sure it's still in jira somewhere he's still logging time on it <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh, good. Resolve no, it's, it's won't good. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, God. Yeah, no. no yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, lo- I love the industry for that. Like, often I forget, like, um, my partner works in, like, a completely different industry. And, like, you know, sometimes I take for granted how easy it is to, like, communicate in our industry because of how kind of pally-pally everyone is. Like somewhere else it's where it's like extremely corporate, it's like a lot harder to communicate yeah. within different teams. And like, you 100%. know, you worry, you literally come to work worrying about like what your boss is going to do if you say like something specific to them or something. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like at our place, I'll, I'll come in one morning, my boss Nick will come over and he literally, the other day, he threw like a decommissioned hand grenade at me <laughs> and it bounced off my knee. And this thing was like five kilograms or something. It bloody hurt. He just just like, catch. <laughs> and I just wasn't expecting it. He, like, I, think, I think it's like, I think it's like something to do with working in games, right? I reckon because we're all like gamers at heart, it's, we, it keeps us young. It keeps us like because you you need to have a level of like immaturity to build games. I think. Yeah. So I think like doing that, that like sort of like childish sort of fun, keeps us immature, keeps us childlike. Which like like lets us develop fun. Yeah, I mean exactly. We're in the business of developing fun, so we have we have to be fun. You imagine exactly. if we had the attitude of like I don't know investment bankers or something, or you know. <laughs> Your mortgage, yeah. your mortgage has been declined. Now go make, <laughs> go make a fun mission. Like what? we'll be building like a permadeath game where the second you die, that's it, you're banned. Yeah, we're working for like Escape from Tarkov or something. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, know, our game gets called Starkov. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we when we properly like when we <laughs> added looting and the and the help system and and things started to get really tough, people call it Starkov, uh, <laughs> just because of how difficult it could be. Um, oh my god which is great it's fun that's amazing i wish our it's inventory was... nice thing. yeah i wish our inventory was more like tarkov with like yeah you know shift clicking and stuff 
Yeah, there's uh, there's 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 some work, I guess, that still needs to be done on that. But it's it's slowly getting. That's the that's the one thing that like I love. Like when I first started at the company, like four four years ago, um, we didn't even have like server side object container streaming. It used to take fifty minutes for your server to boot to even test in game, and it used to crash all the time. And it microtech, like that entire region, Stanton 4, microtech and all its moons didn't even exist when I started. We still had a planet from the Nick system in the solar system. And then seeing to the point where it's come, like I remember the, we used to have something called the PMA, the, it's like personal, like inventory management or something. I don't know what it's called. Oh it was yeah, yeah. Horrible. It was a horrible UI. Um, was that like the, was it, it was the old way. Was it? No, 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 no. It, it was like the personal version of it. And it was like where you could just, you had a global inventory, you could access no matter where you was. So you bought a gun and you could be at, in like in the middle of Korea and open up your thingy and then just like the gun teleports to you. Um, <laughs> and it's just crazy how far it's all come to the point where it's like, we're starting to get some proper gameplay loops and things for, for, for people to do. Like I, I've... Back when I first started working here, didn't didn't play the game at all. Like, but now I find myself playing it a lot. Like, I'm even I'm even in an org, and I do like ops with them. Like, they'll they they did one the like not long ago that I joined in on where, uh, like, a PVP a PVP org had shot down a a person who was hauling in a caterpillar, and he had his uh, like his ship was full. They couldn't be bothered to unload it and sell it, so they sold it to the org I'm in. We then went, unloaded all the cargo, put it on another ship, sold that, and while they went to sell that, we scraped the ship using the salvage thing. Like, like proper vultures. <laughs> um, and it was just Every like, that's bit. really fun. Yeah, exactly. And it was just, it was just fun. It was... It, like, even though it might have taken us two hours, because this game takes, like, so long to do anything... It was a, it was an enjoyable like situation. So, yeah, I, I think that's magic. that's what I love seeing most from it. To be honest, is like seeing how players take those systems. It's like stuff like the Daymar Rally when they do like these massive events. Yeah, and you know that that stuff's absolutely cracked. And I remember like at the bar, I went to the, like the bar sitters in Manchester, and there was like some orgs that sat down and talked to me. Um, and they were and they were explaining how they they essentially like go to every single location they map everything out they add it to their like they've got like wikis and stuff they they know where every single harvestable is they know where every single lootable container is they go and like literally they've got like an exploring division they've got like a medical division <laughs> uh you know a fighter division and it's like i'm, I'm just overwhelmed sat there like oh my god i just make boxes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... and oh it's just cracked, Mate, it's, it's, cracked. It, it's like it's like almost free work for us as well because like obviously we're busy building all these new missions and stuff and when we come on to do racing it's gonna either we make our own custom track but what we what we was doing is like right we can make our own custom track but there's these tracks that players have invented themselves that they really enjoy playing so instead of making something new that they might not like the racing community might be like oh we don't like that track because of how it bends here and here and here we'll just take the tracks they've already set up for themselves and make it an official system right because that's the that's the not only the players playing and having an effect in how the game grows it's also like the player in say like uh, xgr one of the racing orgs can be like i mapped that track i came up with that and then he knows that that track is in 
because of him. Maybe with a few slight tweaks, the environment to make it, you know, more playable or more like visual as to where you've got to go. But that that was like their everlasting like contribution to the game. It's it's like why I love doing references in our game to our player base is because it's like they help build the world. Like I think um I watched since I started here I've watched like Salty Mike quite a lot and I put a reference to him into the game on one of the secret objectives in Siege. Uh, like Burks, I put a reference to him in an uh, ISC. Like I had to, like I, they asked me to capture some footage of something like um, in Dataforge to how we build missions, and I typed out an entire story for one of the. Literally, it's like a box at the top of the screen, but I typed out an entire story relating to Burks, <laughs> um, and just like seeing their reactions when they see that, it makes it also worth it because they love it. Like it means a lot to them, which is really nice. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I want to do more of that stuff. How do you sneak that past narrative and stuff like that? Because we get, I, we have to get, like, everything approved, and it's like, uh, there's some I great got, areas. Yeah, yeah. Like I So I got narrative to approve the Salty Mike one in uh, in Siege of Orison. Um, basically, there's, like, this one screen, and there's, like, a lo- it's, it's an important screen, but there's, like, a load of files that are being transferred, and there's a bunch of files on there that are, like, just fluff. And one of them says like um, M salty appraisal, and it's just like you know, <laughs> it's, it's his sort of reference. Yeah. At the ISC one, uh, Jared would have seen it, but he'd, he'd have let it. He'd, have, he'd probably seen it and gone, "Yep, okay, good. I'll let that one slip in because that's pretty good. That's funny or whatever." He's Jared's very much like he he loves it when we shout out like our streamers on the SCL or whatever because you know it's kind of like pay it forward. They play our game a lot and they have a lot of role in the exposure in those ways yeah sometimes obviously they have negative opinions and everyone's entitled to it and they can say the game's terrible and we we, hell we know when it is we know when the servers are bad um but yeah he he likes it when we sort of shout them out that's awesome i think like yeah with the whole negative thing it's like yeah we listen to all the comments whether positive negative um i mean there's well, most of them, there's something to learn from them. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, there's there's some really good streamers like who go. They they they're like, and I know it's not you, the individual devs. Like the, these decisions aren't ones that you guys make. Um, and they're very sort of like like really really nice in that way. Like I I know you're in some of like I, I know you're in the Star Citizen um subreddit. Uh, <laughs> discord but i'm in a few of the other like um play like the streamer ones and sometimes it's really nice because like i'll be talking to them and then they just like they just like randomly they'll put like yeah we we appreciate everything you and the entirety of all the devs do and it's just like yeah thank you good <laughs> glad, glad you enjoy our work <laughs> uh... so stepping a bit away from star citizen now yeah let's let's talk about you mate so no. let's let's rewind it all the way back to 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 young Elliot. When young you, Elliot. Young Elliot when you were, you know, I guess I don't know, in nursery. <laughs> no, maybe not that far back. But um, <laughs> when basically the point where you decided games was what you wanted to do. Oh my god! Um, ah, this this guy like so when I was a kid. Uh, I have two brothers, uh, Lewis and Joe, and uh, they are 10 years older than me. Um, and 
my my dad and my mom bought them games consoles. Um, so I used to, as a kid, uh, sit next to them uh, quietly while they played games. Um, and then eventually I graduated to being given an unplugged controller. Uh, that I could think I'm playing games with. I have a picture of it as well, where my brother's like intensely playing a game and I'm like sat there and you can clearly see the cords just like lying on the floor, but I think I'm like helping. Um, so it like, it kind of started there. Like my brothers introduced me to gaming and then my parents got me like, as I grew up, like Xboxes and Playstations and I continued to play games and like really enjoy it. And then sort of... um play multiplayer games with uh with my friends from school like halo and modern warfare 2 probably some really yes. big classics and then like <laughs> exactly like those modern warfare 2 lobbies absolutely toxic but i would just like i'd give anything to just go and sit in one and listen for like <laughs> 15 minutes um so like we like playing a lot of that and then when i used to go to my dad's on weekends he didn't have Wi-Fi. Like my mom had Wi-Fi, he didn't. So what used to happen is that when I stayed at my mom's, I got to play multiplayer games. But when I went to my dad's, I had nothing to play. So I played a lot of single player games in those times, like Oblivion and like, uh, you know, other get Fable, Fable, Fable 2, which is insane because I spent so much time playing that. And now Luke, who's my boss, worked on it and literally built the things that I've spent hours of my life playing, which is like really surreal to sort of, working in this industry constantly being like because you love it like you then meet people who you're like oh my god like and you 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 looks like you fan over them you're like oh my god what you anyway i didn't, I didn't know he worked on fable 2 that's that's blown my you, mind a bit too fable <laughs> fable 2 he worked on driver san francisco uh which is this really good driver game uh like oh what there was this crisis ports home front uh he worked on home front with nick um Odd Pappy worked on God of War, all sorts, like... Oh, yeah, I've, se oh, I've seen the, the early footage of Todd. Yeah. Work interviews, and he, oh, my God. Yeah. Bless no, it's, uh, so I used to spend a lot of time, like, playing single-player games. And then, so my, my town, like, my hometown is very much, like, a manual labor sort of town. We're, like, a, we're a fishing port, basically. Um, so there's no games companies there. Like, the only way I knew about games was because I played them and spent a lot of time playing them. So, like, when I was in school, like, like my secondary school before college, I was going to do manual labor, kind of join my brothers in a trade. Um, so, I, 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 like, I have a, uh, what is it? I have a, a B-Tech diploma in, like, construction, uh, which is a generic term for basically, like, plumbing bricklaying carpentry architecture mathematical science which just means i can work out a triangle from a square uh, health and safety all of this stuff and that's what i was going to do and i remember i went to an open day at college and uh, i met with a guy called graham and he was doing a game design course and i was like oh my god like i could actually do this as a thing so like i sat down and 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 sort of talked to him and it's really weird because they it, like they need people to go on the course for funding right but I swear to God, the guy was trying to dissuade me. He's like, yeah, don't think you're going to come in here and make an indie game and make millions because that's not what happens. And it's like, and this isn't, we're not going to be doing this and we're not going to be doing that. And I'm like, he could, he could tell me that he'd like to get on the course, he'd take me kidney and sell it. 
and I'd have still gone for it because even though he's telling me all this like absolute shit about how bad it was, I was just hyped. I was like, yeah, 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 nice. Okay, cool. I want to do it. Just goes well in one ear and out the other when you're talking about games. It? It's like, exactly. Who cares? I get to make video games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so like I was, I joined that. And so like, I'd gone like Connor Allenby, who I mentioned before, a very close friend. I, I'd gone through school with him and then we didn't see each other in secondary school. And then on the day starting this, this course, <laughs> he stood there and I'm like, Oh, Connor, how are you doing, man? Like not seeing you in ages. And he's like, I'm doing games design. I'm like, Oh, me too. And then that starts like the next journey of our ever longing friendship. Um, and we, we both was in college learning uh, games design. It was called Creative Media Production Brackets Games Design, um, and you, we was taught by a a coder uh, called Scott Latham, who uh, now works on Bob the Builder. Well, he worked on Bob the Builder. He worked on you know the new Plague Requiem Tale uh, games. Yeah, and he worked on like AR. Uh, like when AR was first coming out, he was one of the coders on like AR. Um, so he taught us for for quite a while and then he left for the second year because he got a job in the industry so we had to say goodbye to him but like that that's where it really started was in college i was enjoying it but i was like i don't know if this could be a career and then there was like one turning point and it was a global games jam in 2014 and we went all the way to hull for it and it was something the the the, the like the gear this word and you have to make a game off of it and the word was something like um uh, you do not perceive with your eyes, you perceive with your mind, or something like that. Um, and then you just, like, that's it. You go make a game, right? For, for, for your 42 hours to build a game. So we're in this huge university, all stacked together, computers everywhere, like a bunch of sweaty game devs, especially after, like, 30 hours. Um, yeah, that, that, that's the mark where it starts to it, funky definitely <laughs> especially when like everyone's like like because it was uni students and college students we're all pretty young so there's energy drinks everywhere doner kebabs everywhere pizzas and it's just like you can smell it and thinking about it makes me feel sick um <laughs> but we, we we built this so it was it was back when the oculus wrist was in its dk1 stage so it was still in oh, development yeah. and we built a vr uh puzzle game where you'd shift realities uh to sort of fix a puzzle and the idea was that you played as this guy who uh the, the apocalypse has happened and he couldn't accept it so he was able to see what it was like before and after and he was hunting for his wife um and like you shifted the realities to sort of fix the puzzle and i remember we built that and i i, I think we got four hours sleep two hours each night in total um we was tired shattered all of it and it come to the end and we all just wanted to die and i remember that when i when i saw people put like this the vr headset on and play the game like the the game that i just spent all that time building like sweat and blood and all that sort of stuff and they put it on and they'd smile and they'd enjoy it that was the point then where i was just like yeah this is what i want to do that's it that was it for me that was that was the point when i knew um and then we got a cease and assist from Oculus because you need to buy a license to develop <laughs> with the DK1, uh, to which the Microsoft representative tweeted back to them and said, calm down, we're just having fun, which we also thought was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, 
actually and then we send went, you a cease and desist for, yeah, for a game jam. <laughs> I remember me and uh, like it was again me and Connor, but uh, we stood we stood in our college class, and the Graham guy who's a university lecturer came into our room, said, "I need to speak with both of you." <laughs> and he was like, "Okay," and he took up. us in, and he's just like. You know the NCC Squared game? And I was like, he was like, yeah, you're not working on it, are you? He's like, no. He's like, good, don't, because you got this letter. <laughs> and it was a cease and desist. Oh like, and we was like, oh, my God. I'm like, I think, what, how are we? would have been, like, 17. Like, two 17-year-olds yeah. getting a cease and desist. How did they track it down? Did they did the because... trailer pop off or something? Like... No, 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 God, no. It was, so they were in the in the Global Game Jam, they had this panel of judges. One of them was from Xbox. Oh, um, Snake. And he tweeted it. He was like, hey, look, we've even got a, an Oculus DK1 at this Game Jam. Oh, and then nice. that's when, uh, like, um, Oculus saw the tweet because obviously Xbox will get a lot of retweets and likes and all of this. <laughs> They then tracked down what university we was at, who then tracked down what team we was, who then sent it to our college, who then relayed it to us. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, I know. Um, but it was, it was fun. Uh, we I then like I finished college and went to university in Teesside um, and studied games design there. Um, first year was just like a complete write-off. It was a lot of like turning up to lectures very hungover or skipping them and then sort of the second and third year i got very serious and spent a lot of time actually just building an unreal um and doing things like that um and then past past university uh with a good grade and then for a year couldn't get a job um and i couldn't even get a job in like in qa it was so i found it so difficult like my like connor got job straight away in rockstar qa but for some reason like i just couldn't get one and and i i know why like I, back then i wasn't very good at describing stuff and obviously as a qa person you need to write down re- reproduction steps exactly how that happens so like yeah. the test they give you is make a sandwich right so my things would be like get bread open like get bread put ham on bread put cheese on uh on ham bread uh, put bread on bread done like whereas when connor told me afterwards well mine was like get the bag check it's in date undo the like the oh, plastic nice. thing at the top undo. and it's like i'm like oh, of course that makes so much sense yeah. as to why they need that um i was sat there like what what was wrong with your description like <laughs> that's correct this is why i'm so good at writing dev books right it's because i don't put any info on them <laughs> um and uh, basically, like I, I started, I like I got a job as an IT person in a jewelry shop because I couldn't couldn't get a job, and then I got <clears throat> contacted by a head a headhunter who was just trying to fill roles for the supermassive games company um, to work on Man of Medan, and he said like, hey, we looked over your thing, I wonder if you'd be interested. I was like, yeah, straight away did it, <laughs> did the interview. Uh, was so worried that I'd messed it up, but luckily enough, the guy who who hired me, who got me into this industry, who's to blame for all of this, uh, <laughs> he's called Wayne. Um, he he got me in, and I, that's 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 when it all started. That's 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 when I started at um, uh, Supermassive Games. But I had this whole thing when I first started, where um, my favorite company in the entire world is. Uh, uh, super giant games like Hades, Bastion, Transistor, Pyre. Love those games. Uh, and for some reason, I read Supermassive Games as Super Giant, and I was even happier. 
until I type copied the name and pasted it in and then saw it was until dawn. I was still pretty happy to get my first job role, but I was like, for some reason, I thought it was like the studio I, I the crave. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, here we go. Yes. Um, and I that, mean, yeah, that's when I was started. That's still a crap company to end up at, to be fair. Yeah. And so, the, 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 like, this is the thing, like going from, I know before we started this, you asked me about like how my journey to lead was like, I have been so incredibly lucky with how my career has happened because that company didn't have juniors. It didn't have seniors. It just was, you was a games designer. So when I started there, I was just a games designer, not a junior. So mid-level essentially. Exactly. Just straight in at mid-level, which was like super, 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 super lucky. Um, And then from that, when I, when I, when I, when I left, it's, a lot of the places that I could get were asking for that sort of, you know, oh, you don't need to be a junior. You've, you've been a mid-level, like you're doing good, whatever. And it was like, I've, I'm genuinely a junior. Like <laughs> I've, I've definitely, I've been in the industry for about a year. Um, and like, one of the things is that when I was looking for a company, uh, like to work at, it was, I wanted the, 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 the game to be one that I'm actually like in for like something I want to work on, something that I'd, I'd find. Something for the long amazing. run. Exactly. Like, so yeah. something I could be real passionate about. And I've always loved space. So like when, when I applied and met, like met Luke and stuff and it was a space game, I was in my element because I like Star Wars, The Expanse, Firefly, all of that. Like, I love that shit. Um, and yeah, then they hired me and then the rest is pretty much me falling upwards, um, <laughs> up the ladder. Like I have... I started as a junior. After a year, I was then a mid. After a year, I was a senior. After a year, I was a principal. And after another year, I'm now a lead. Um, yeah, the progression's all right here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's all right. Definitely so. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but I feel like they, they, they reward the developers based on, like, you're doing really, really good, and we want to show you that we've noticed. Like, and they'll they'll... they'll They'll reward you for it, or at least they'll, they'll nurture your growth in a way that's really, really good. Because yeah. I know I've messaged you a few times saying like, like yeah, you're a lead. That's that you're just a lead. That's that's me. I'm telling you, you're a lead to me. <laughs> like that's that's how I would like how Luke and everyone else on my team just sees you straight up just as a lead. Aww. And I know you 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 basically are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the way I, the way I describe it to the group is, it's like it's like Anakin Skywalker, where he's on the council, but he's not granted the rank of master yet. Cause he's not <laughs> he's not experienced enough. But yeah, nah, pretty pretty much. I mean, yeah, because basically Corey Corey disappeared off the ships, and yeah. yeah, I was the next in line. So that's kind of I kind of fell into it too. Um, but what I love about it is it's there's no more safety blanket. So I've kind of, it, it, you have to learn like on the fly and there's no one there to back you up. So you literally have to literally sift through like the information on like on the documentation or yeah. hunt out people that you think might know. And then often it ends up being like, oh, you message one person. Then it's like, well, I didn't deal with this, but this person might know. And then you, you message them and then basically you end up networking your way around the company that way. Yeah, 100%. And, and, so 
that, that's what I mean. Good. Like back in the day, we used to like Corey or Ben was was, was like our go tos, mm-hmm. and then I think it was we started talking to you a bit, and now it's just like anyone asking me a question about a prop, I'm like, yeah, Lewis will know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not always it's not always the best thing. We've got like the problem now where because of like the team name, not like obviously it's not props anymore. It's like interactables. Now, yeah. anytime there's a problem with like inner thought, someone comes to us. <laughs> Oh god! And I'm like, I no, don't know, please. bro. I don't know. I just make boxes, <laughs> ones that you can press F to carry on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, there's. It's kind of like, even though I say designers are kind of like, uh, like a uh, like a a tool that sort of can like handle a lot of stuff. Is like, like you 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 can do building blocks. You can do a lot more than just like model right you you set set up records you make them carryable you animate like you your responsibility go way outside of what your like role would identify you as like a props artist most people would see as like a model texture and like maybe animate right but yeah. you do so much more outside of that it's just all part of the job in it exactly that's, but I, it was... that's what I, that's what i love about it to be honest because like well, back at Ubisoft, it was like you're, you're pigeonholed into this role, and you, yeah, yeah, you become yeah. that role. And you know, once you'd modeled like, like I was a weapon artist before this, so I'd model a gun, and then I'd texture it, and then that would be it. I'd have to hand yeah. it off, and I'd never see that gun again unless there was a problem with the art. Whereas, like here, like basically the first kind of technical task I ever ended up doing was when I worked with Active Feature Team to basically create the first medbed template and then i oh. created the the medbeds um and that was like crazy but that was amazing as well because it's the first time i did like a really complex model at cig the the first time i i had to think about animations and constraints yeah. for like the ai and you know um how the building block screens were ported on and you know how it all worked and you know we had concept art and the template to do it at the same time so it was like crazy there was like so much going on but yeah, it nowhere else, you know. nowhere else, you'd learn all that stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, maybe someone does know somewhere else, but I think, that, I think that's what's so great is it makes the the jobs not mundane because you're constantly learning things. Yeah, yeah, you're constantly learning, and it, it it's it's awesome to be able to like like for example, one of the new things I've learned is how to make props with like moving parts. So like when you rotate it in your hand. I have like handles and stuff on objects like flapping about and stuff yeah. like that. I've just learned how to do that properly recently. And the system is a pain in the ass to do it. But <laughs> it's so cool watching, you know, inspecting a prop and just seeing like, you know, like a piece of ribbon moving about or like a handle yeah. flopping around. And it's just little things like that that usually you'd pass on to like a tech artist in a different team to set up that kind of thing. But like, yeah, here you just learn it. And yeah. then like you said, with the building blocks as well, like um, a lot of, the teams are learning building blocks and, and learning how to do UI and yeah, it's it's, it's just really cool. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely for it keeps the job fresh and and also like expand like you say like it's you've expanded your knowledge from to also what the uh, technical artist would do. So it's it's you've gained more experience. You could likely do more. You know, if you was to ever jump to a different company, you could fill more than just a you know a prop artist if they allowed that, which I guess is the next part. <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I think like i don't know it's hard it's hard because like 
I'm I'm used to I'm used to the way our our company works now, where it's like more of like a live service type environment yeah. where everything's constantly moving. There's like a release every quarter, and you know it's yeah. it's like a constant roll towards new stuff. Whereas like other companies, it's kind of that you know it's like a maybe two or three years where like I don't know the first two years are kind of like you know trundling along, and then the last year it starts to ramp up, and then you get to that final <laughs> bit, and it's panic. like. You know, ah, yeah, release, yeah. and then everyone goes on and you leave, and then <laughs> then it's back to, back again, to <laughs> back like, to the grind. You know, yeah, and you just don't. No, I, I don't think it allows for. Yeah, there's a bit of self development time at the beginning of that, but you know, once you're in the the meat of it, you do you don't really have the flexibility to be adding new things, and you know, usually yeah. the mechanics are decided early on, and it's like right, exactly. no, no overscoping. Um, you know, in our place, it's it's very much because that opportunity comes around more often. We get more opportunities to like learn new things and, and yeah, develop exactly. those new things. So and like you get to like, hey, this doesn't work how how I think it'd be best to work, and then someone will improve the system for you, or you get to prototype like that. That whole um, the posters were shown, weren't they? I think I remember them. Yes, yeah. perfect. Yeah, the poster whole thing that you made like that. That that could open up so much things like for for potential missions and other thing other gameplay things and it's just like it's just something you got to prototype. <laughs> yeah. I literally like, I get away with so much on that team. Like Nick will <laughs> Nick will come over and be like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm just prototyping some posters, mate." And he'd be like, <laughs> "Cool. Where, where were you? Were you meant to do that?" I was like, "No, but I got bored of what I was doing, so I thought I'd switch and try and do something productive." And exactly. then yeah, and then we end up with something cool, and now exactly it adds. And then marketing spot it, and they're like, Ooh. "We'll have that." Ooh. There you go. <laughs> or yeah, so <laughs> no, it is great. It's good. It's good. It's interesting. What did you? Uh, what games did you work on at Ubisoft? So when I was at Ubisoft, um, so this is this is also like a parallel to you, right? Because when I came out of uni. I had no luck with jobs either. The only difference is I ended up basically searching overseas. So the way I got my first role, I got rejected from everywhere I applied in the UK. I had two two interviews, but like I fluffed the both of them. Like it was it was messed up. Um, and yeah, I went over to UB in Romania. So I lived out in Romania for two years. Oh shit! Um, and I worked on Ghost Recon Wildlands and Ghost Ooh. Recon Breakpoint. And then also there was a Ghost Recon project that they revealed that got cancelled because there was huge backlash over how bad it looked. Um, oh, God. Yeah, low-key low key glad, to be honest. I, didn't, I really didn't like that project. Um, but, yeah, like, um, Ghost Recon series primarily. I got to work on, like, some cool stuff. Like, the there was, like, a Terminator DLC. Um, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. So at one point we were like testing like one of our new weapons, and there's like a Terminator running about, like blasting us, terrifying. That's pretty good. And the the weapons like in those games are quite key focuses. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that was really awesome. We had like um, so we have like a gunsmith system, and like basically when you go in the inventory, like the gun splits apart into all its pieces. Ooh. Um. So yeah, like it it was awesome because like I joined as an environment artist. Um, oh. Because basically at uni, I was told, like, you should probably do environment art because it's, like, 
a lot easier to get an environment art job. There's not many weapon art jobs. So I had like some environments and I had like one gun on my portfolio. Um, and basically like they liked it in, in uh, Ubisoft in Romania. So they hired me as an environment artist. I did an environment art test. Um, and it didn't matter because they put me on a weapons team. So I was just making weapons for two years. Um, <laughs> I literally arrived day one. I was like, right, am I working on Watch Dogs? Am I working on, like, Ghost Recon? Like, what what am I making houses for? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, you're making weapons, dude. I was like, no fucking way. Uh, yeah. And it's just like, was after it... I moved, paid for the house and stuff, and, like, <laughs> settled <laughs> in. So, wait, when you was in uni, like, you you did, like, what did you want to do most of all? Like if it, it because you said that it was they recommended environment art due to jobs. What is it that you actually wanted to do? So it took me like two years to decide. It wasn't until like beginning of third year where I like decided that I wanted to be an artist. So I was right. like really on the back foot. I wanted to do weapons, um, but yeah, like they they advised against it. And to be honest, I did look like and there was nothing weapon art related. Like no junior roles, no nothing. Um, so I ended up, yeah, I ended up doing some environment work and yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't that good at it. I just wasn't that interested. And, you know, when I got to the end of uni, my portfolio was pretty like, pretty ass. Um, the only reason Romania wanted me was because um, the education over there for like game art is like quite poor. There's like one module in one of their uni courses. Um, and even that's like quite outdated. So one of the things I actually got to do over there was like, uh, well, I did a few lectures at their uni for um, their game art course. Um, and they have like, they have like an actual class now that's run by Ubisoft there, um, which was done by a few of my co-workers over the, over the years, which was really awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was crazy. Like I did go on a bit of a crazy journey to begin with, but like in my head, I was like, I don't care. I just, I, I need to be in the industry. I, I, I yeah. couldn't stand the thought of having to go back to work at like game or, yeah. or something like that. Because oh, honestly, when I left retail, I was like, I, I don't care what I do. I'll, I'll like, <laughs> I'll wash cars or people's driveways or something, or I'll, I'll like, uh, I'll, I'll become a babysitter. I just don't want to deal with like the general public again. <laughs> I have so many horror stories from game. It's, it's awful. <laughs> I I fully like I not not game, but I like I I had used to have to do sometimes the front of the house in the jewelry shop. But my first ever job was I worked in a kitchen, and occasionally I had to wait on people, oh. and I hated that so much. So yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> as as much as this game is kind of public sector because you know we can interact with our community. But generally, like the retail community, fuck that. No, goddamn. No one. I, I tell you for free, right? In our community, no one's gonna come up to you in person and try and trade in a game that has human feces on it. Like, oh, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Ooh. Yeah, no, it's dire, man. Like, that's not. That's not even the. Oh, I don't know. There's, there's, there's some mad stories. I'll save just... them for another, another time, though. <laughs> yeah, you, you should do like. Tweet one out a month or something. <laughs> Game horror stories. Game horror stories. No, that that that's that's horrible. Feces on the thing. Like, surely they knew. Uh, I've uh, I've had all sorts of specimens come in, man. 
like um one of my favorites was i had an xbox 360 slim um they tried trading it in and when they placed it on the counter weed came out the fucking vents (laughs) and it stunk like Uh. literally it stunk you know that mission in far cry where like yeah, yeah that's Skrillex how I imagine that's how I imagine it smelt. You know, his Skrillex playing in the back of my yeah. head when he dropped it down. Uh, but yeah, I, I was like, I can't trade this in, and he was like, yeah. Why not? And I'm like, <laughs> genuinely could see the problem. I I'll give you three guesses, mate. Um, <laughs> honestly, it was like the, it was stunk of weed. Oh was my weed god, coming out of the vents. I, I can like dying. see it in my head, like him sort of pointing it down. You looking at it and going, I can't trade that in. And when he goes, like, why not? You just, like, look at it and look at him. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so many of them would, would play play dumb as well. Like, when someone would try and trade in, like, a stolen phone. And you're like, I can't trade it in. And they're like, why? And you don't want to stand there and go, because it's stolen, mate. <laughs> it's just come up on the system as robbed. <laughs> like, yeah. you're just like, what, what, <laughs> what do you want me to say, mate? You oh, know what God. you did. <laughs> Have you ever had someone pay for a full game in 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 in, in like pennies? Because we had yeah. someone in our shop pay. Oh, I was probably I like mine was twenty quid. I had to count in pennies, but I can imagine a game's like forty five. We had um, so it was um, a, I think they were like fourteen or something, and they came in to buy Minecraft. So luckily, <laughs> it was only like eighty. I think it was like oh, okay, eighteen pound forty nine. But my manager sat there in the corner watching this this kid count out their money, and I was like counting it, and I basically I sold it to them, um, and it took me like it must have taken me like, oh, like ten minutes, <laughs> just to like get through it because they were like putting they're taking it out of this like little, this shitty little cash bag from like Barclays <laughs> where they're just going from. yeah yeah yeah, and, yeah. like you know the last few coins are like stuck so they're like oh hang on I almost got the last ones, um, and then yeah. They they bought it. They left, um, and my manager was like, "You know, legally, like, you, you don't have like you can refuse someone basically if they're paying with like change um, up to a certain amount. So I think you can pay up to like five pounds with like change, like loose change. Right. But anything more than that, I think you can like decline it. I don't know oh, if it was company God. policy or if it was like law. Yeah. But she sat there and watched me do it. <laughs> And then just, told you afterwards. Then told me afterwards, just for the meme. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> Thank you, Mel. I appreciate uh. it. <laughs> but yeah. Good then. Some good... I mean, good times at game. I did have some good times. Like, for a first job, it was relevant in the field of what I was passionate about, which is what matters. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I really enjoyed. Um, and some of the regulars were really, really nice. Like, there were some really lovely ones we got on with. Like, there would be some that pre-ordered, like, absolutely everything, so... I think I'd rather have worked there than like I don't know, like a just a, a shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like yeah. a general, like a like a corner shop type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, nah, so <laughs> I was talking the other day. I can't remember who I was talking. I think I was talking to Stefano. Stefano goes, "I didn't realize how jacked Elliot was." And <laughs> I was like, "I was like, what really?" Because like, I I didn't notice either. And then I looked the other day, and I was like, what the fuck? So, what's going on, man? Like, do you, do you uh, work out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mate, I, I honestly, like, um, I I used to be so fat. Like, genuinely, I was, I, I think I, I, I'm, 
I think I'm five eight. I was seventeen stone at one point in my life. Uh, yeah, like it was. It's kind of the thing. You, either you get complacent in a relationship, and it's a bad relationship, um, and you sort of pack on the weight. Um, so I think it was. Uh, and I was like in lo- lockdown didn't help because in lockdown, like I had nothing else to do but order a hell of a lot of food. <laughs> um, so I, I, after lockdown, like when I met my partner, we used to go to the gym, um, and we used to, um, we used to do a few workouts at home. This is when like COVID sort of eased up. Yeah. And then after that, my, my mate who like he, Harvey, he works in, Q- he's in our QA department. Um, he started to go to the gym back then. All I used to do was cardio, but I used to—I didn't do the diet side of it. I used to just do cardio and then like that's come me. home and order that's a pizza right and eat a Ben Jerry's. Yeah, this is me right now. I went—I went running with um, the running group the other day. Oh right, yeah. And my God, Josh is like the guy—the guy that runs it. His Josh. walking pace is like my fucking five k pace. <laughs> He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this pace okay? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, give me a second. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's exactly what I like. I used to just do cardio. I used to come home and I'd used to binge eat, like, Ben and Jerry's. Like, the, the place around the corner from you used to do this pizza box that was like a uh, salt and pepper pizza box, and it had like chicken balls, uh, spi- uh, salt and pepper rigs, ribs, egg fried rice, curry sauce, like, and just shit. And I'd woof that down, and sometimes I'd get a side with it. I was so Jeez. unbelievably like, yeah. Um, and then like, yeah, so Harvey, Harvey started the company. I started going to the gym and he got me off of cardio and started doing weights with me. Yeah. And that was about three years ago. The diet is the hardest thing. Like going up and doing the sets and knowing the form, all of that is easy because a lot of it's repetition. But the yeah. the dieting for me is the hardest part. So I appreciate you calling me ripped. I'm very happy that, hey, that it jacked. looks that way. <laughs> you, you sent me um, a gif before this this call, and like in the gif, he's he's ripped. I was like, holy shit! My, yeah, flexy on Twitch. It was out. That one was an SEL. I was in the background, <laughs> and I had Twitch chat on my phone. I was watching one of our streamers watch it, and they were like, um, "Do like do like the um, Usain Bolt pose or whatever." So <laughs> me and I believe it was Laz who was at the back with me. We both did it. And then I came onto his chat later on, um, and I went on my Discord, and my Discord like notification box was just lighting up, and there were it was them talking about getting the GIF right for me doing the flex emote. Um, <laughs> so now on like certain like I think quite a few of our, our Star Citizen people have it on Salty Mike Burks, Piss uh, Piss Poor Pete, a few others. Like if you go in and type like capital F flex and then capital E, it pulls that that GIF of me, and then the other one that I sent you, like me poking my hand in and saying hi, that was, that was Jared trying to tell the UI team to do something on an SCL. And I just kind of like poked my head around and pointed as well. Um, <laughs> and the community make memes. I've just, I've just sent you a picture in the chat of, of chunky me. Um, yeah, no, I've, yeah, four, four years. No. <laughs> yeah. Four years I've been working out and, uh, Dude. I love it. It's, it's so good. Oh Man, I God. used to get I used to get knackered walking up like one flight of stairs at the old office in Wilmslow. Jeez, honestly, that's insane. You <laughs> I did, appreciate. So that's three years. Yeah, there was there's three years. Look at you, mate. You're, you're like an Adonis. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's, uh... Uh, seriously, like, oh nice. man, like, so so. 
I'll be. I'll, I'll try and keep this on topic because this isn't like Lewis's like gym routine time, right? But I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'm going to be DMing you tomorrow about this. Um, <laughs> but like, so obviously, like you, you go to the gym and stuff. Like, to how, how do you keep cool? Because this is something I've been looking into um, a lot recently. Is the whole work life balance thing, and I've been doing stuff like I've been trying to trying to go for a run three times a week. Um, you know, I'm trying to read like a book in the evening and like I've started even trying to do like a bit of meditation, like what yeah. whatever things you do to kind of like wind down after work. Cause like, obviously like being a lead's pretty intense and like, you know, you've said before, like you, you put in some long hours sometimes, like just cause you're passionate about the project. But how do you kind of unwind from that? Like gym for me, exercise is a massive sort of, uh, like it helps with my mental health so much. Like it's, and it's not. It's not like, like I'm going there and I'm ragefully picking up weights. It's more that I have to focus on my breathing, which is a kind of you know it, that's meditation. Yeah. I have to focus on my breathing and also focus on this weight because some of the weights I lift are heavy, and if I lift them wrong, I could really injure myself. So it's kind of like my brain is forced to not think about anything but what I'm currently working on. And by the time the session's finished, like an hour and a half, two hours later, I have forgotten about whatever work had stressed me out about or whatever sort of thing had annoyed me that day. And I go in the next day and it's a fresh day. And it's it, like, I consider myself like a goldfish in that regards. Like every time, <laughs> like I just go in and no matter what happened, like if there was anything I was pissed off with, anyone that I like... I'd have, like, maybe we'd had a disagreement. Uh, I should be back to, like, golden retriever me <laughs> sort of thing. So, yeah, it's it's that. But it's also, like, because some of the, like, questions I've got before from, like, other friends or people at work is, like, well, how do you find the time to do this sort of stuff? Like, after work, like, and I'm like, well, I have to sacrifice something. And it's, like, I either sacrifice games or I sacrifice sleep. And right now I yeah. choose sleep. Um, so like I'll, I'll <laughs> go to the gym. <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I'll come home and I'll either go straight to the gym or I'll play games and go to the gym at like ten thirty and come back about one a.m. and then just sleep until seven, uh, like six thirty, and I get to work for seven and then I work until I've I've finished. So yeah, it's kind of just like I I I, I had to I have to sacrifice something to do it. So how long yeah. are you how long are you going when you go to the gym? It's about. It depends on. It depends on what what I'm exercising. Like legs are sometimes a bit quicker, but uh, it's normally an hour, uh, hour and a half. Sorry, to two hours. Jeez, really? Yeah. Well, it's I like. Obviously, I have. I do like. I try to do like. Uh, most days, it's like three sets. Each set has twelve reps, and I try to do about six exercises, and then I do fifteen minutes uh, cardio at the end. Um, and then obviously I have to drive to the gym and that, that's like a good 15 minutes there, uh, there and then 15 minutes back. So like 30 minutes total. But I also have like, like the gym community is a really nice community when you start talking to people. Uh, so there's also people who, who just like come up to me and like, will talk to me for like, you know, five minutes in between the set. <clears throat> yeah. So, so that kind of also slows the session down, but it's, yeah. That's, it's it's see, nice. That's, that's what terrifies me. Like honestly, um, I'm I'm feeling inspired just talking to you because I've got a gym downstairs yeah. in my apartment building, and I struggle to go down 
to do anything. <laughs> like, I can do my runs. I, I'll go out and do a run, like, minimum two times a week. But, yeah. you know, I need, I do want to incorporate gym into that. But, yeah, I've got, an, I've got one in my building. And, like, the prospect of going to, like, a, a public gym scares me. I'm quite antisocial. Yeah. Um, you know, at work, like you know, you kind of have to put on like a face and, and talk to people yeah. and it's part of the job. But, you know, when I come home, I'm very socially deflated. I'm, yeah, I'm quite that. introverted as a person. So like, yeah, that that's what scares me about gyms really. But... 100%. I get that. I I recently like went like one of our one of our other uh, QA uh, QA tester. He's called Angelo Argeridis. Oh, I know him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Angelo, he's great. Um, he does weapon uh, weapon modeling as well in his spare time. He he came to he came to me the other day with to the gym, um, and he you know he's normally the sort of like an outgoing person but sort of that that gym sort of stuff sometimes scares him and i was like showing him some exercises and he was loving it because he's like yep yeah, really feeling that part i'm really feeling that part so yeah if you want to go public gym i've got a, i've got a, one of them guest passes more Ooh. than happy to go with you oh don't tempt me man um, i'm gonna dm you tomorrow about this see because <laughs> like you know it's it's like you said with the diet as well like I, i've got you know i'm i've been doing the running a bit and i'm, I'm happy with that but the diet side of things is where it gets a bit sketch for me because I, yeah, yeah just, but anyway, I'll talk to you about that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, dear. So the last kind of thing I want to, like, I ask everyone this, if you've listened to like the other episode, you probably know it's come in, but um, what would you say? Well, you see, this is another one of my problems. I'm really bad at articulating as well. Um, <laughs> three things that you wish you could tell your younger self? Um, oh God, I, this is the thing. It's like, it's like the, the, the butterfly effect or like a paradox. Right? If I went back and told myself things that I wish I did, yeah. would I be where I am? Because like something I'd love to tell my, my younger self is like get into programming and stick to it. Um, That's interesting. Why, why, but, why programming? Because, like I like I, I love like I'm a designer because I love problem solving. I love being given a problem and being and having to solve it. So whether it's the problem is I need a mission that does this and I have to solve that part of it, or it's uh, something like um, as simple as like the the not simple nothing simple but the the, <laughs> the law system like figuring out a problem in the law system. I love doing that sort of work to figure it out. Like I, I, I like came up with the merit system in the prison thing. I'd like recommended to Luke. I said, hey, you know, there's this whole merit thing that like exists in current prisons. If you're good, you get treated better. And then we changed the entire crime system to work off of this idea of merit value. So it's like, there was a problem. I had a solution. Luke liked it. We implemented it and it works. It works. So I think that, I'd have loved doing programming because it, that is actually implementing that sort of solution. Because the only things I can build are entities and missions, right? Which, yeah, they're good, they're fun. I love to build them, but I, I feel like I could have done more if I had that knowledge of coding. I feel so like I, I could more build more impact. games. Yeah, yeah like, like, like in my spare time, sometimes I build 
like I have Unreal and I build games. And I feel like I could build even better things if I knew that programming side of it. But on the same sort of like, like the other sort of side of the coin is that I love doing the design work, which isn't something that the programmers get to do normally. It's taking the, the design that I have given them and they make it work. Yeah. Um, but that that's like one that I'd really consider myself giving myself advice on. Um, well, who knows what the future holds? Maybe, maybe you sacrifice an hour of your gym because exactly. you're, jacked, you're jacked enough already for, <laughs> for an hour of programming. Exactly. I, I started learning a bit of programming like um, I think it was end of last year because I wanted to I, I, I was going to go through the whole phase of making a game but you, you know like all long term projects it ground to a halt for a bit but I did learn some I learned some yeah. some bits some basics um, but yeah maybe I, I mean if Say, you've got the problem solving mindset then you know that's yeah goes hand in hand with it doesn't it like you said exactly I'd, yeah, I, I, hopefully one day. The th- like, the thing is that I, when I try to, because like, I have attempted in the past to program, and I I have built a few things in programming following like tutorials and doing it. But it's such a it's such a big thing to understand how every <clears throat> bit of the code functions and interacts with uh, with each part of it. So yeah. it's like a it's like a monumentous task. You can but, and you can build things that work, but like they might not necessarily work efficiently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Some other programmer will look at it and be like, "Oh, oh, fuck? yeah, hundred <laughs> percent." Like it slap you about a coder, like any coder on my team. If they saw the stuff that I code, they'd spit at me <laughs> viciously. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that that'd be one. Another one would be sort of like a quote, which is like, "Comparison is the thief of joy," um, because I always had this whole thing when i was younger of comparing like how i how what my life was doing compared on how other people's was so it's like oh i i need to do this because this person's achieved that and if i you know if i did that oh god why didn't i do that or it's like i see someone at the gym and i'm like oh if only i started earlier i could have like i could be with it where they are and stuff and it's 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 something yeah like i i know i struggle with it constantly is just con- like looking at other people and being like if only i'd have done this i'd have achieved yeah. what they would achieved and i i, I hate, i'm aware of it i hate it because retrospectively i think i've done really well so i think that that'd be kind of one i resonate a lot with that I, I mean i went on the run the other day and i was like my god like if i'd have been running for like a couple of years <laughs> i'd i'd look as defined as as josh does i'd be able able to sprint with no effort like i'd be running marathons man trained for an ultra marathon i was like wow what's that what's What's an ultra it's basically like what you want to do when uh, i don't know is it like are we talking like 20k or are we saying like it's ultra because he also has to do it while playing like i think it's i think it's almost double marathon distance I mean, it's like 75k. Or 40, 42 kilometers. Is, or is a foot race no, longer than it, the traditional one? It's a, it's a long ass one. I mean, I think he said 75k, actually, if I remember correctly. But regardless, crazy stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I sat there, like, you know, it, what you say is true, like, in, in all aspects, really. Like, 
I sit there and like I look at my career in general I'm like I've done really well but like you know someone else will come along someone that I look up to a lot and like I'll be like oh maybe if I'd have done something like this or it's, it's the same with like the side side projects right it's like this podcast I started this because I was like I, I see so many people doing things outside of work whether that be like you know making new projects or you know running a youtube channel or you know any kind of extra kind of activity and you know it pushes you to to do extra but at the same time like you're always sat there comparing like you know sometimes it is all right to just like if you want to come home and just chill and not do anything exactly it's It's absolutely fine yeah 100 like Um, this is the thing like the the comparison is is it constant comparison would be the thief of joy, I guess, because like you going, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I, you know, I wish I could start running, and it's same with me going, like, oh, I wish I started gym, uh, like all that time again. But as long as you act on that initial comparison, like you, right, I've started that podcast, right, I've started running, and me, I, I started going to the gym. As long as you started, you're doing, yeah, you're doing great from it, right? You, and as long as you keep you're it up, it way. doesn't matter what they're doing, right? Because the comparison motivated you to do something and now you're doing it and there's no point looking back, right? There's no point even checking what you're they're doing on their podcast because you're doing your own thing and it's going great sort of thing, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's deep mind stuff, man. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> getting getting all, all deep on the, on the podcast. It's important, man. I don't think enough people talk about it. It's something no. like um, I've tried to really focus on recently is like my, my health outside of work because... I, you know, as, as much as it's great to have this kind of like grind set mindset, it's, yeah. it's, it's detrimental as well because you miss out on other things. Like, you know, um, if you're working loads and you're working on side projects, maybe you don't have time for your partner or, you know, something else. It's like you were saying earlier, right? Something else gets sacrificed in that place. Like yeah. with the gym, it's like gaming or sleep or, you know, anything. It could be anything. So, yeah, yeah, that's a really good quote. And final one, what are we going this with? This one, I, I, I can't think of a final one. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of one. You've used all your emotional depth. The last yeah, I know, right? Yeah, um, I can't, I can't think of anything else that I'd like to do, um, or like that I'd like to tell myself because. It's kind of like the journey that's happened so far, so far has been good, right? I've not like <laughs> murdered anyone or I've not like committed some sort of act of terrorism. So I'm doing pretty well. Um, so as long as I just keep on that, I'll be fine, I reckon. So I can't really think of one, really can't. Just leave, just leave it with the eat, sleep, gym, repeat. Jim's exactly there you go that's life that is literally life is go to work make games come home play games uh, eat go to gym sleep for less <laughs> less hours doesn't quite roll off the tongue the same but uh, yeah no. we'll go with that why why like when when uh when i took angelo to the gym i wear my cloud top uh and instead of like cloud uh cloud imperium games i say cloud imperium gains and uh <laughs> I, I talked to cameron and we're actually allowed to make our own shirts um <gasps> as long as legal approve it so i was like there we go i'm making a gym fit for the company oh my god please do that <laughs> i'd actually rock up to the gym with that. Uh, it's great honestly <laughs>
we have um what's the um is it i think we've got a strava group that's called like swole citizens or something swole citizens yeah i love that so there's quite there's quite a few of them there's quite a few opportunities for you to start your t-shirt empire mate yeah 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 exactly well i'm I'm certainly feeling very inspired to be honest um this has been a really lovely chat and i Definitely. will be messaging you tomorrow for diet and gym tips and finding out <laughs> where your local your local sesh area is yeah yeah, um, yeah but yeah thanks so much for coming on and taking the time i really thank you for having it. me it was fun it's been yeah it's been a delight mate it's been lovely to get to know you a bit better as well because i know 100%. we talk talk a lot in the office well we talk a bit in the office, but yeah, you know, not not too much on a personal level. So it's been really no. nice to, to have a chat. So it's a lot more about props or building blocks or interactions. Yeah. Or I'm busy, leave me alone. <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, it's been really nice, dude. So thank you so much for coming on. Anytime, I did. Awesome. Thanks everyone also who's who's joined us to listen. Um, really appreciate you all listening. Um, and helping keep this podcast growing. Really. Um, if you could drop like a follow and, and maybe share if you enjoyed it, that would be much appreciated as well. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week for the next guest. Thanks very much. See you later.